0: Hey, welcome back to a brand new episode of Mike I'm Mike Brancatelli, you're you, and today's podcast is going to be a solo cast. Just me. Usually, I don't do ads when I have solo casts. Um, you guys know some of the sponsors that sponsor this show. Sheath Underwear, Ohana Kava Bar, um, Mushroom Revival, and Fungi Academy. Go check them out in the description, uh, link description below. Also, today's podcast is brought to you by a new sponsor, Being True To You, a coaching company that helps people prepare and integrate psychedelic experiences, navigate addiction and recovery. They do virtual one-on-ones, group coaching. They also run a -a one-of-a-kind coaching, training, and certification program for people who want to build a career, helping other people transform their lives in a positive, meaningful, impactful, uh, and healthy way. Excuse me. And I think this is great because even I myself have been uh, like, I want to further my education. I want to further my training. I want to develop a little bit more, but I don't want to shell out like hundreds of thousands of dollars for some PhD program or masters program or you know there's a lot of scam places out there i've heard some things about landmark institutions some other places like that that charge like an exorbitant amount of money um, but really when you're looking at something like this it's uh it's pretty straightforward it's like hey if you're interested in learning more about psychedelics or if you have family members that are suffering from addiction or if you want to help veterans struggling with Symptoms of post-traumatic stress, or you know, whatever it is, being true to you is uh, is is pretty much the industry strand uh, industry industry standard for training coaches uh, and getting the real results that people find their way in 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 this in this field of exploring with the depths of the psyche. You know, people can find their way back to their passion and their purpose in life. So everyone who's familiar with psychedelics knows they're not like a magic pill. It's it's not a panacea. You know, integration is is a key to success. And we could talk a whole lot about what that means, but you know, the process of integration is what takes the insights and realizations from a psychedelic experience and brings them into daily life in the form of new perspectives, better habits, and more gratitude and and clarity and and discipline and just overall joy and positivity right i think that that even those challenging and scary moments in in psychedelic trips there's there's always something to be learned there's always something to be gained and even like the really far out and trippy ones it's like man like i was just on another planet with aliens like how do i make sense of that <laughs> right like how do i how do i make sense of that there's a lot of people now Having those experiences and that need help, kind of grounding back into three-dimensional reality, so that they can make and manifest uh, their gifts in this life. And everybody deserves a chance to unlock that door where their gifts lie. You know, and a lot of times, like Robert Bly says, where your gen- where wherever your wounds are, is where your genius lies. And a lot of the psychedelic work is is about tapping into those wounds and letting that that genius out. So with psychedelics starting to you know gain more traction and more popularity, again, Michael Pollan's got a new book out, I forget, what is it called? Your Mind on Plants or something. You know, Joe Rogan's constantly having people on talking about it, even Lex Friedman, who has a big podcast, had Rick Doblin on recently. So it's just becoming more a part of the mainstream. And people are going to need more help. And there's more opportunities now for people, you listening out there, like, hey, maybe I want to get into the psychedelic field, you know, um, me personally, I feel most comfortable being sort of a voice, you know, my human design says that I have a, a sacral throat activation. So I feel it in my gut and I say it, that's sort of my role in this whole thing. But we need coaches, we need facilitators, we need therapists, we need doctors, we need scientists, we need all these people. That are trained, that have psychedelic experiences, that know how to work with psychedelic experiences, know how to help people integrate. So it's more important now than ever that people understand the, the profound importance of proper integration. I'm really happy to be working with this company. They're, they're re- a bunch of really nice people. I, I got on a call with them. We had a talk. Being True to You uh, got their start a decade ago, 10 years ago, providing before and after care to people undergoing Ibogaine treatment for opiate addiction. And over the years, they expanded to support people working with ayahuasca, ketamine, 5-MeO, DMT, psilocybin, and a lot of other entheogens. They also help people who are dealing with addiction or other major challenges in their life who are not doing uh, psychedelics as part of their process. So, coaching is really a wonderful way to help people because. It's flexible. It's confidential. It's based entirely on the needs, wants, and goals of the individual, and you know it's different than than therapy, right? I mean, sometimes you go in an office, you have some stuffy therapist who, you know, is just going to kind of explain things away to their you know understanding of psychology that they kind of master in, whether it's like CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, or whether it's like Jungian therapy or Whatever whatever their context is, whatever their framework is, you know, I feel like sometimes a coach is somebody who's kind of more in it with you, like they're going through the process as well. They're invested. They're kind of more down to earth and real. Not always the case, but this can be the case in my experience. So being true to you has also been doing a lot of work with veterans and first responders and um, more vets are seeking out effective solutions for PTSD and psychedelic treatments are gaining just like a really, really powerful reputation in that community for working where prescription drugs, as we know, have have failed and just created a whole host of more problems, right? Like the prescription drug model is kind of this broken window fallacy almost. Like we just keep putting this band-aids on bullet wounds and then there's side effects to, oh, there's, you're, you're depressed? Oh, take a little Zoloft. Oh, then there's a side effect. Oh, you got a headache? Oh, take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that. We all know somebody Who's got like a, just a litany of prescription pills in their in their in their, you know, cabinets or whatever mirror bathroom thing? I don't know what is that thing called cabinet bathroom cabinet. So anyway, the I'm happy to have these guys on board because I think what they're doing is really cool, and um, you know they they can really really help people who want to further their education. They're they're being true to you uh, coaching training program. It starts on September 8th, and they have a limited amount of seats that they're doing. So go to beingtruetoyou.com, sign up today, say you heard it from Mike Delic, Uh, and this course is an in-depth journey into the nature of addiction and the healing power of psychedelic substances and the process of sitting with people and being with people, coaching people through transformational work the The being true to you training is really powerful. It doesn't only change lives of of those people that you're trying to help, but it's actually helping you. Like I, uh, you know, and and how you experience the world. So it it gives you the tools that you need to transform your own life and the lives of others around you. And the course includes a hundred hours of instruction and over eight hundred pages of learning material. Classes are held on Zoom, and they include lectures and group discussions. And the course is taught by Being True to You's founder, uh, Deanne Adamson, um, who has a master's degree in counseling. And it's also co-hosted by Dr. Dan Engel, uh, a neuroscientist and renowned psychedelic expert. Funny enough, I, I, I almost went to work with Dr. Dan Engel. I'm familiar with hearing him on uh, from Aubrey Marcus's podcast. I believe he ran a treatment center working with Ibogaine and yeah, Ibogaine primarily in a called Crossroads. And, um, and I was really interested in going there. And a friend of mine was like, I don't know, man, I, you know, if you're not really suffering from like an extreme addiction, I would, I would maybe consider not going there. Um, so I wound up actually going to Peru to drink ayahuasca, but I've, I've, I've heard a lot of great things about Dr. Dan Engel. And uh, like I said, he's a neuroscientist and renowned psychedelic expert. And the course is designed for people who want to build a career in this new psychedelic renaissance as an integration coach. And for professional therapists and counselors and facilitators or social workers who just want to deepen their understanding of addiction, self-actualization, and psychedelic work. So if you want to learn more about what what they have to offer, go to uh, beingtruetoyou.com, check out their coaching. Their upcoming coach training program, and just uh, some quick things. Sometimes, you know, just to clarify a little bit, they they don't provide any psychedelic substances. They're not, you know, they're they're not uh, referring anyone to psychedelic centers. They 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 coach people who have chosen on their own to do psychedelic work, Um, and their coaching is all about harm reduction and reaching goals and listening to personal um, stories for lasting. Personal transformation so uh their 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 coaching training program is is the thing here to check out and starting on september 8th and uh mentioned that you heard it here and um yeah go poke around on their website email them ask questions they're very responsive and i believe that they're providing a a really much needed service for people that uh that want to get a little bit something more out of uh out of what's what's happening right now in the world all right so that was a very long uh, ad, but uh, I felt like it was necessary to talk about who these people are and why they're on Mycadelic. Why are you guys listening to me talk about the importance of psychedelic integration and you know them, all this kind of stuff? And it's because I really want to get you comfortable with like, who is paying to support this show and, and why. And um and like I said, like I feel the values are aligned and um and I feel that uh that's a really interesting thing that that uh that can benefit a lot of people. So this'll just be the longest ad that you've heard from me for these guys on the show as the first one. So if you listen to it, if you're interested in it, like go check out the link in the show description and then the next couple times you'll just hear me kind of briefly mention and talk about them. But as a new sponsor, I always like to bring uh, as much as I possibly can as to why this sponsor is on the show, what they're offering, and, and how it can benefit you, the listener, as much as possible, or maybe people you know. Um, so sometimes I even have the people from the company who are sponsoring to come on and do a whole episode. So maybe we'll even do that. You know, We did that with Bobby, Robert Patton, the, the founder of Sheath. We did it for a couple other people, Jasper of Fungi Academy. So I'm interested in that as well. You know, if it if it aligns, if it fits, and that's uh, that's all I'll say about that. Go to the show notes, the show description, check it out, and if it rings true to you, if you feel like being true to you is being true to you, then be true to you and sign up for their coaching program at beingtruetoyou.com. Okay, thank you for listening to that, like I said, shorter in the future. And today we're going to get into
1: a little uh, solo jam as to what's going on in the world today. So I, uh,
0: I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I've been finding it really, really difficult to have any sort of understanding of what is happening. Like, what,
1: how, how do I
0: gain a a solid grasp of sense-making in this current incarnation of reality? And, you know, there's certain, I guess there's certain frameworks or conceptual frameworks or modalities or philosophies that I sort of anchor in from time to time. Uh, but I'm also conscious of not attaching to one anchor point or another for too long and trying to sort of uh, disrupt that uh, anchor point with, you know, other uh, disparate ideas and kind of like steel manning those disparate ideas against the ideas that I'm holding. And it can be very cognitively difficult and challenging and overwhelming sometimes to feel like, holding all of that, you know? And sometimes, like, I guess recently I've been feeling sort of untethered and uh, ungrounded and and just confused and mainly about what's happening in the world as regards to the, you know, the big P-demic. I don't even know if we could say it because I think they check podcasts now with all the censorship and things, which is absurd, by the way. So I I recently was on Instagram and I was going through I was trying to look up so my uh brother's ex-wife got the jab um months ago and and her arm got all fucked up and she well, I had to go like for more appointments to you know see about like the mobility of her arm it was like kind of cramping up like her arm was like pretty fucked up for a while and I think she's better now but I actually have to check in with her I'm not I'm not totally sure but um they have this database the the government has a database called uh, for short it's called VAERS and it's called um it's the vaccine adverse event reporting system so if you have uh an adverse event due to a vaccine you can report an incident or you can report what that event is what your situation is and, um, so I, 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 was talking about that on Instagram and I was tagging things and none of the, it was like censoring the tags for this VERS.gov uh, website. I mean, it's a, it's a government website. It's like a c- CDC, FDA, um, like approved site here. I, I, yeah I, I, it's 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 very strange so you know i was like talking about something and then i tagged theirs and then you i couldn't see any there were no like no tag came up like sometimes it like auto fills to a tag no tag came up no recent no top um it was really weird and then there there then after a while something appeared that said uh like for more information about COVID-19 and all this stuff like go to the cdc.gov and it was like blocking what I was trying to share and post and all that I was trying to share and post is that like hey it's weird that you can't access Vars information on Instagram like what's going on with this and um so there's just there's so many questions and concerns around this whole fucking thing and I'm um
1: I'm, I'm not I always
0: try and look at like why, what is not being said, and what is being said, and by who, and who stands the most to gain, and who stands the most to lose, and what uh, what is being covered up, and why, what are the incentives, what is the purpose, what's the meaning here, right? And um, you know it's it's kind of a it's kind of a, a shame, but it's also brilliant and genius in a way. That like the misinformation epidemic is uh, tarnished with like Q anon conspiracy, flat earther, lizard people, Bill Gates, microchip control, you know, neuro implant, brain program thing. It's like 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 as soon as you start asking questions, people the 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 the, the conditioning that we've been experiencing is that like. Oh, okay, anybody that's not like for this or anybody that's like skeptical or asking questions, well, they must be some like right wing tinfoil hat, conspiracy, crazy nutcase. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of room for nuance, especially on social media. Uh, but there there are questions and there are concerns. And it's how do you, how do we know? Right. And I think that like, for me, I just try and go with a few different things. Uh, to understand, but one of the main things that I understand is that uh, these people are not on our sides. <laughs> like these institutions, these non-human entities that answer to boards of directors and are incentivized in perverse ways by profit over people are not on our side. You know, and and the the divide and conquer tactic is the best way to rule over groups of people um and uh you know that that's just simply the fact i mean that's been the story of history for all time we we we'd like to think that we've reached some kind of like apotheosis of ideological human achievement where we've moved past uh a dominance hierarchy and perverse incentive systems and resource extraction and oppression models into some um some like neoliberal, democratic, cosmopolitan, trendy, cool, like hip understanding of things, but it's just not that way. I mean, that's the way that it's sort of like presented by legacy establishments and uh corporate press agenda setting places that try and present things in a way that's like, hey, we're the official sources trust us and you know don't listen to those other people on the internet oh where did you get your information from the internet what is this 1998 what it's not like it's not like a punchline for incompetence anymore like the internet is an amazing psychedelic transformative uh thing that is connecting people all around the worlds of disparate ideas and religions and philosophies and spiritualities and and all kinds of different systems of belief and 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 things to converge and come together. And yeah, there's a lot of crazy shit out there, but there's also a lot of amazing things out there. And you have to be able to discern what is good and what is bad. And it's not easy, right? And then so what we do is because people, you know they, they they use um you know people they use the internet as like a scapegoat. For people that are like, oh, well, we can't, people can't be trusted because they go on the internet and they get wacky ideas. So again, it's like this nanny state solution that we need to censor and restrict things because people, it's for their own good. People don't know. And so these big tech companies have now become the arbiters of truth, the sole arbiters of truth, right? And if anybody's seen the Loki Disney Plus show, it's incredible, by the way, uh, it's they're, they're, the, the theme of the show is that Loki uh, gets the Tesseract from when the Avengers go back in time for Avengers Endgame, and he transports to somewhere else. And all of a sudden, these people come out of this like dimensional doorway, and they say that he's a variant that has disrupted the sacred timeline. So, what they do is they prune variants, they, like, they, they terminate variants who go off of. The sacred timeline, and that's that's like kind of what happened. What's happening here is we have this authoritarian uh, control system that is based upon perverse incentive structures that uh, look at mass numbers of people over the individual actual human experience of being a human being in the world, and become there are these non-human entities that march to the beat of profits over people and. You know they're like, hey, this this is bad for our you know incentive structure to profit us and to have more you know uh, power and wealth and control. So let's prune this this variant from the timeline so that we could preserve our uh, sole arbiter of truth, sacred timeline. This is the way that reality is. We tell you what the borders and the boundaries are. We tell you what is allowable and permissible in terms of thought, feelings, expressions, uh, and uh, emotions, and, and speech. If you deviate from that, then you're determined to be like a radical. Uh, you're determined to be not uh, in uh, accordance or alignment with the um, uh, uh, like a, a healthy and sane uh, system. Which is, what they, which is what the non-human entities of corporations and banks and pharmaceutical companies and governments have a vested interest in preserving. They have a vested interest in preserving their narrative of perpetual progress, their narrative of, uh, of, of what they deem to be the sacred timeline, and they will do anything at all costs to preserve the sacred timeline their sacred time according to what they deem to be important so so when i look at things like this it's 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 tricky because when i talk about them and especially on social media it's there's a lack of 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 really diving deep into the nitty-gritty of the nuance of it all you know and so
1: yeah i i just think that you know for
0: well going back to what i was talking about about dividing and conquering i think that that is just it's sometimes it is as simple as that if 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 us the people the normal average people average citizens the average american citizen let's just say for context this is what i'm talking about the average american citizen is uh when when they are infected with the disease of believing that other average American citizens are the enemy, that's a win for the power elites. Let's call them the uh, that that's um that's actually what C Wright Mills uh called them in his uh like what 1956 book The Power Elite. So the power elite, the 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 elites that hold power, right? And 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 just to clarify, what I mean by that is. The the people that are attracted to positions of power in our world and in, in, in America, we'll say, uh, the people that are attracted to positions of power in America where they are rewarded for the more profit and power and and um uh, the, the, the the more that they play according
1: to the sacred timeline rules.
0: So if So it serves their interest to basically, you know, distract away from what they're doing and get people to, you know, turn on each other, the average American citizen to turn on each other and say, well, you know, the problem here is, you know, these Trump supporting people, the problem is these people, the misinformation, they're getting things on the internet. The problem is the QAnon people. The problem is the Santifa thing, whatever it is. When we're not really looking at what is shaping and causing uh, all of these things, what where is it really truly stemming from? Um, you know, we, we we the average American citizens have more in common with each other than anybody in the power than 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 the power elite. Like we have nothing in common with them, you know. And and so the we shouldn't be. Looking to them as like friends, or looking to them as like people, you know, organizations and institutions that are looking out for us or care about our well-being. You know, it's really our our family, our friends, our community, and our neighbors, which have really been disintegrate, like evaporate. There's no sort of like mid-tier uh, structure to allow for people to come in to, to come together to make decisions. You know, in a more community-centric way, whether it's like Churches or religious institutions or like civic societies or uh, clubs or co-ops or places like that. Those are really sort of uh, a a better way to get together with like-minded, like-hearted people and start to make decisions that are going to be in the interest of the group for the best. And then and then try and express that interest on a local level, right? I mean, we talk about like it's like Dunbar's number. You can't really have uh, a civilization like the one that we have. It just doesn't work. We have to be in smaller groups of like 150 people, um, you know, in that kind of range where we can, re- where we can really care about other people. We could really see other people and feel other people. And the, the actions that we take, we know will directly affect uh, the other people in that group because they're not anonymous. They're not random, anonymous strangers. They're people that we know and live with and care about. And so, you know, it's really this, this infrastructural problem, this uh, maybe like aesthetic, pro- aesthetic problem, architectural problem. It's the infrastructure of how our society is constructed and, and, and uh, organized. I mean, you think about it, it's like everybody's in their own little box. Everybody gets a little house. It's their own little box on a street. And you don't really know your neighbors. You don't really know the people that you're there with. You don't know if you have common interests or not. And there's nothing wrong with being, there's benefits to being in a situation where there's like a whole bunch of diversity. And there's also benefits to being in a place where everybody's kind of on the same page, ideologically speaking, as well. So we have more in common, the average American citizen has more in common with the with each other than the power elite then we have anything in common with these power elites and you know Heineken i think did a good example of this with a commercial years ago where they had a republican and a democrat come together and they didn't tell them you know they didn't say hey we're going to have you meet a republican they just had two people show up at a bar and have a beer and then they started talking and then they revealed like oh did you know that he was a republican did you know that he was a democrat and then they're like oh no that's crazy like whatever but they were just they found something to talk about over a beer. And that was one of the things I always loved about Anthony Bourdain is his travel show was really more than a travel show. It was a cultural experiment show. It was going to another culture, going to another location, and accepting and inserting yourself in the cultural val- values, morals, and, 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 uh, and ways of the people there and sharing in that experience and learning who these people are and what they, how they think and what is important to them and, and just getting that direct felt sense of what it's like to be them in that place for a brief period of time by sharing a meal, you know, by, by
1: just being there. So yeah, I I think that
0: We would maybe rather fight each other and blame each other, not necessarily because we're neurologically hijacked by propaganda and indoctrination from especially from an early age with compulsory schooling, but more so than that, it's also that like the other is a common and known enemy in a way. It's like, oh, well, it's easy it's just easy for me to say, well, you know what the problem is in this country? It's those Republicans, you know, those damn Republicans or, you know, those, those people that just, they don't care about the, the fact that there's like the, a, a virus and that we all have to come together and, and do the thing that's best for everybody. All they care about is their, oh, my freedom, oh, da, 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 you know? And it's like, yeah, it, it probably feels empowering to say that because you feel like you've landed on uh, a stable logical ground that is easily comprehensible it makes sense to you you understand it Um, you can oh i know someone like that and and this person's not such a great person to be around and uh so it's easy to understand it's a known enemy it's a known uh, place holder where we could project our fears and our insecurities on and say look at what these people are doing if these people weren't doing that then it would be better but these people are doing that and so we have to call them out we have to shame them we have to censor them whatever it is and that's that's i think is it just it feels better it's more comfortable it's more acceptable to us than the big the big scary unknown you know to to a lot of people do not share in a lot of the things that 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 we share listening to this show, or the things that I've espoused on this show, the things that I believe in, which is that, uh, you know, that 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 predominantly, let's say, government, for example, government predominantly functions in the same way in which a uh, mafia system functions. They provide protection uh, for a cost, and that cost is taxation, which you don't really have a choice. We don't really know where the money goes. They don't tell us. We do know that money is spent on all kinds of things, like massive amounts of war and destruction and weapons and things like this. But you know, the, the point has been made, well, we can't get, you know, good education or we can't feed the homeless or we can't clothe people or give people houses or give people health care, but we could drop bombs and spend seven hundred and eighty-five billion dollars a year on quote unquote defense, you know, that Dwight D. Eisenhower warned us of in 1961 in his in his departing statement, like "Beware of the military-industrial complex." People, like, don't let this thing take over. We're far gone from that. It's fucking. It owns this fucking place. So,
1: but like, like looking at that,
0: like starting to unravel the onion, starting to, you know, when. There's a great scene Slavoj Zizek talked about this. There's a great scene in the movie They Live where Rowdy Roddy Piper has a pair of magical glasses. John Carpenter's They Live. If you haven't see, seen it, watch it. Watch it tonight. It's fantastic. And Rowdy Roddy Piper finds these special magical glasses and he puts them on and he's able to see the propaganda Behind uh, the ideology that is that is being showcased, so you know uh, he looks at a he puts the glasses on and he sees the money in someone's hand, and instead of saying money on it and Federal Reserve note, it says this is your God. You know, it's and then he sees a sign that says um, like relax, enjoy, you know, go go on vacation or something, and it says like uh, obey. When he puts the that's where the obey propaganda um i forget who created obey as like a clothing line but that's where obey comes from it comes from that movie they live so he puts the glasses on and he sees you know the truth behind the propaganda he sees the the hidden messages behind all of the consumerist uh things that are being that are spread out in in the world all the advertisements and the posters and the magazines and then he sees The alien people that have invaded but look like humans to regular people. But then when he puts the glasses on, he sees these like skeleton kind of alien beings who have this whole plan about coming over, coming to Earth and taking over and inserting their agendas to get people to kind of work and stay on a treadmill and produce things for them and extract resources and all this kind of stuff. And They profit off of everybody's, you know, servitude, essentially, keeping everyone in this, like, hypnotized trance, right? So it's a great fucking movie. And there's a scene in the movie where uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, tries to convince his friend uh, to put the glasses on and see what he sees. Uh, He, you know, it's, it's Keith David. Who is I love Keith David. He's uh, he's just a great actor. He does a voice of the president in Rick and Morty. So he's like, just put the glasses on. Just put these glasses on, and you'll see what I see. And the and he's he's like very aggressive. Keith David. He's like, no, I won't put them on. Get away from me. I'm not gonna put them on. Like I got I got other shit to worry about. You know, life's hard. I gotta fucking you know take care of. I can't. I don't have time for your bullshit. And they get into a fistfight. I think it's like one of the longest one-on-one fights in uh, one take, one-on-one fights in, in movie history, or something. It's like a ten-minute fistfight. And Slavov Zizek makes the point that it's very challenging to
1: break through ideology. That it's a, it's a it's
0: it, it's a disruptive. Uh, it shatters your your entire framework of reality and and then you you have to piece that together so it's it's you know when standing you you feel most people feel confident in this known world they they're not necessarily walking around with a whole bunch of questions and a whole bunch of um you know trying to hold a whole bunch of like new cognitively complex and challenging understandings after Having their standard default ideological framework smashed to fucking pieces. And I think psychedelics can do this for you. I think a lot of things can do this for you. But, you know, in the Matrix, they call it taking the red pill, right? And the same kind of thing happens with Neo. He takes the red pill, he wakes up in the Matrix and he refuses to accept it. And they're like, oh, he's going to pop and he throws up. So it's, there's this, this, Trope or this theme, this consistent thing, that when your when all of your 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 basic illusions have been shattered of who you are and your identity and the masks that you wear and the roles that you play in your personal life and your interpersonal relationships and in the greater context of your community and your society, when when that is shattered, you are uh, you have no foundation, no grounding, nowhere to stand. It's it's rocky waters, right? It's the tempestuous sea of liberation that is uh, very scary, and that's why it's only really available to those who are brave and those who have courage to challenge their viewpoints, to challenge their identities, to go within, to discover new ways of seeing themselves and and the world. And so, this all
1: gets back to the point of of that. You know,
0: when the Nazis at the end of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark open the Ark, their faces fucking melt off. And Indiana Jones and what's-her-face close their eyes, so they're not affected by it. But it's like, there's something that happens that that, that when you start to get pilled, when you take a red pill, when you start to wake up, when you expand the telescope that you're looking out of, and so it, it, it can take you can take in more of reality so that you can see more what's under the microscope, what's out in the telescope, what is out in my environment, can I see what's behind the messages, what's behind the meanings, what's behind, like, when you, when you see a, more clearly in that way. It's, it's rocky,' it's, it's tough, it's crazy, and most people just aren't up for it, which is why in these movies, these people have like, resisted participating in it. And so it's easier to just say, well, I know what the problem is.' It's, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. It's these people, it's that thing. Yeah, red, bad, blue, good, done, easy. I know what I know who I am, I know what purpose I serve, et cetera, et etc. When the truth is, infinitely complex and infinitely convoluted and infinitely mysterious. And, but we, I think that the, the, the journey isn't to land on a truth. It's not like you take a red pill, now all of a sudden you know everything and you're like, oh, cool. I've landed in, now you've just landed in another ideological camp. I think the thing is just, it's a boat ride down a winding river and you need to be able to learn, ah, you know, after sort of waking up, if you will, for back of, lack of a better term, how to navigate this windy, choppy, toxic, crazy, scary, uh, but beautiful, awe-inspiring river that that just is continuous. So, it, and 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 it can, and it's frightening for for a lot of people too, to to. You know, once the ideological camouflage has been lifted, and people are like, "Oh shit!" Like, I thought that there that you know there were benevolent or benign, you know, leaders in our world who were knowledgeable and experts and wise, and and you know really trying their best to to help us and to create a better world. And they're like, "Oh, that was just an ideological camouflage that that was just propaganda. I've just been indoctrinated into believing that." I I've, I've just been pledging my allegiance like blindly without actually questioning or thinking about anything. And um, now it's like, well, now where do I go? Like Now what? Like I, everything is shattered to pieces. I don't know who I am. I don't know what the world is anymore. What do I do? And so that's scary and that's frightening, especially scary and frightening to think about like, like sometimes I'll be like, oh yeah, like people will be like, yeah, like, you know, our phones are listening. Of course they're listening. Like, of course. <laughs> yeah like we we live in an an omnipotent omnipresent technologically determined and mediated uh you know sort of energetic prison of our own complacency complicency and participation because by by participating in it and being compliant with it we we perpetuate it and it keeps
1: going, but it's like that that is the the
0: that is the, the, the sort of like main energetic like border and boundary that is holding everything that we currently know together in sort of an easily understandable way. And it's like
1: once, once you, once you go
0: outside of that, there's all sorts of things that happen. Right. And it's like shame and ridicule and, group you're no longer like conforming to the group so there's a sense of ostracization and and loneliness and questioning like what am i doing is this right i, I don't know why is everyone else you know saying that this is the right way and am i wrong and you know so you have you have to gain skills to learn how to navigate through these waters and we're just not prepared for that whatsoever like it, you're going to most people will be terrified to learn Wait a second. You mean the world that we live in is run by like predators and pedophiles and parasites and sociopaths and psychopaths and monsters and bloodthirsty maniac assholes and people that don't have normal empathy and compassion and who don't you know who 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 are like sick and diseased because all they want to do is acquire more and more and it's never enough. It's like, yeah, that's who runs the world. That's why things are the way they are, because they set the tone for the game. They set the borders, they set the boundaries, they set the rules, they set the goalposts, and everybody follows along to those things. So to 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 walk outside of that framework is an extremely difficult task. And it doesn't help to call people sheep. It doesn't help to call people, oh, you're sheep, you're asleep, you're not woke, you're not awake, you're, you know, these people are part of the problem. It's, it's a, it's, that's not going to help convert them. you know. That's not going to invite them over. They've been subject to uh, indoctrination and propaganda within their own little reality tunnel, and they've built uh, a world that is comfortable and familiar and known and recognizable where they feel that they have a good grasp on easily understanding things. I mean, could you imagine what would happen if we were able to just download into everybody's brain, like the, the, the sort of truth of all events that have ever happened in the past, like 30 years, people would fucking just be foaming on the mouth on the, uh, on the, on the side of the road, not able to like get their lives together. Cause they don't know who the fuck they are and what this all means. And everything's been a lie and I don't know what the hell's happening. And so it's gotta be like a gradual process over time. And, uh, you know breaking the structures of, of the game is is this big unknown the dominant narratives are only dominant by means of force and coercion and really sorcery at the highest level and you know the, like i said these people they claim to be the arbiters of truth they approve you know the message they say we're the ones who decide what is allowed to be said felt and experienced in this reality or else we will punish you you will be punished. Something will
1: happen to you that won't be good.
0: I mean, and I, I personally feel, for me, that the amount of information that is out there, the amount of perspectives that we encounter on a daily basis, is way too much. There's even passively, which I think a lot of social media consumption is just, uh. <clears throat> passive consumption of mild amusement. It's not really uh, lighting our souls up and, and making us sing and dance with joy and bliss in a grand festival experience. Oh, wow. Like it's just this sort of passive, numbing, mild amusement. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, well, cool fact. No, I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't see that. Oh, that's kind of funny. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, you know who would like that? I'll send that to them. Oh, that's like oh, that's interesting. oh, maybe I'll repost that. oh, that's kind of cool uh, yeah. it's not this like soul nourishing fulfilling thing, and so you know there's so many things that we come across when you you're you know when you start your day and you get on your computer and you go through an email and you go to your Instagram or you go to Twitter or you go to Facebook or whatever it is that you do, you go on different websites or you go outside and you see advertisements and banners or you go into a store and someone's asking you to donate a dollar to help you know someone get a kidney or whatever the fuck they're they're asking or you know good products and marketing and advertising and clicks and buy my thing and everybody has an agenda that they're selling that they want you to participate in no matter if it's come watch this movie or you know come sign up for my eight thousand dollar you know course that runs for three days and it's uh, we're, we're constantly bombarded with so much noise that's not necessary for us and the fulfillment of us as individuals in order to individuate ourselves and live our best lives and offer our highest gifts and offer what we have to be contributors of, uh, of creating a, a, a better, more productive, not productive, a more um, pleasant and happy uh, society. Uh, for us and you know our future generations and and there's just uh there's 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 just so much we 're just exposed to too much. but what I find is that when you get away from that kind of stuff and you start meeting with people in real life live feeling the presence of other human beings and the energy that they 're emitting from their physical meat suit bodies that there is something so undeniably uh, exuberant about that to be in real life with other people, to hear what other people think, feel, and, and say, uh, and and to truly listen and to ask questions with empathy and compassion out of a place of curiosity and not out of a place of uh, spouting an agenda or you know lecturing or giving advice. And it's just, we haven't been trained in those techniques. People have to kind of find them on their own but this is what's leading to the breakdown of our civilization into just this sort of hegemonic corporatized um you know blandified
1: authoritarian uh system
0: that you know I mean New York City New York fucking city the city that I used to call my home uh has gone full on tyrannical authoritarian with introducing these
1: vaccine passports. And, um, you know, I, 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 there's, it's
0: hard to explain why this is not good when other people out there, maybe some of you listening right now have a, have an understanding of like, well, this is good. I mean, if you travel to other countries, you're required to get vaccines, or when you're born, you get vaccines, or you know, like businesses have the right to say and do, and you know cities make rules and it's for the greater good and all this kind of thing. And I would just say that that that's been a an issue all along. The pandemic, the vaccine passports, like these kind of things they're not it's not anything new. It's just a new flavor of the same node, which is we know what's best for you, we're the experts, and we're going to tell you what we're going to allow you to do. And essentially what they're doing is they're creating a segregated apartheid state, and, uh, and, and I don't think that that's good. Uh, I think it's good to encourage people and lead by example, uh, maybe like uh, how Obama was doing at his birthday party where everybody was dancing and celebrating you know, no masks and no, you know, whatever, but who cares, right? Because fine, do it, but don't tell us, you know, that we have to do something different. You know, it's like, give people the freedom to choose what they feel is the best thing for themselves. And nine times out of 10, people are going to make, you know, people are going to make the decisions that they feel is, is, is best. But as soon as you start I mean, we understand this stuff when it comes to children, right? Like the worst way to uh, lead, like, to, to, to be a leader amongst kids, uh, to raise kids or to be a parent, from my understanding is like, and my experience is not to just yell at them and bark orders at them and say, this is the way it is because we say so. And, you know, it's, you have no say in this and, you know, we're going to tell you to do these things. You know, hey, you know, don't, don't hit your sister. And then the husband turns and hits his wife. And it's like, well, and then yells like, I said no hitting. It's like, well, you're not really leading by example. You're not really the exemplars of uh, a, 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 a wise uh, ruling class. You know, if we're going to have a ruling class, we, we should have a wise one. We should have people that, that exemplify, that lead by example and, and exemplify and embody wisdom. And encourage and foster and facilitate uh, what they think are fruitful ways for human beings to flourish. So, I I don't think you do that with mandates. I don't think you do that through uh, threats. I don't think you do that backed by force and coercion. I think usually what happens when you try and force and coerce people into doing things is you're going to get people that are going to go extremely the opposite way and then it and then it becomes an issue and they, they knew this shit they have think tanks and teams that study this stuff hey if we put a vaccine thing out there like how many people you think are going to do it and then what's the you know th- how many people are going to say no and you know what do we do if they say no and then blah 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 blah, and this thing and that and one of the things that are they're doing a great job of is making the people who are unvaxed uh these like Dirty, diseased enemies of of humanity. And Charles Eisenstein wrote a a great essay on this called Mob Morality and the Unvaxxed, where he talks about Rene Girard's theory
1: that uh, we basically
0: we want we want what everybody else wants and we mimic and imitate it. And that's sort of like it's constantly like we're constantly creating each other's desires and also the desires that we manifest into the world through our creations are creating us back you know uh, i forget who said it maybe arthur c clark is like we invent the tools and then the tools invent us and it's this constant constant like every second of the day it's being invented and you learn to want what other people want so then there's fundamentally like there's this this fundamental conflict that is then baked into our desires and then it raises competition and conflict arises because we're trying to get stuff that we're trying to achieve things that other people have and we want that so it's we're going after that and so there's this innate like there's this innate like pressure that forms and we learn Also, the the conflict by watching it, so we learn like how to resolve conflicts and how to engage in conflicts through watching the 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 sort of more dominant conflicts that play out, right? It's like oh, these people protesting, or they did this or that. Oh, okay, that's like that's how you conflict. That's the conflict. Like that's how you do it. You do that, and so that's why we're either you know people choose sides and they're like, all right, well, I'm on that side because that side is is the the good guys or that side you know but eventually the what eisenstein's talking about this is Rene Girard's theory that he's talking about of uh is like uh mimetic desire scapegoat theory and eventually the conflict energy just builds up so much like there's so much pressure uh that it builds and then it needs to get out so he talks about how that there's this like innate Sacrificial element that we use, and and we scapegoat people as a mechanism to minimize the amount of violence that plays out. So it's like let's blame somebody, let's sacrifice somebody, let's have a scapegoat, uh, so that we can just say we've done something, we've accomplished something, we took action in some way, and that is that makes us feel good. That makes us feel better, right? Like bombing the fucking Middle East after 9-11 and invading and occupying countries for decades. It's like, well, we're, we're doing something. Hey, the war on terror. A, hey, there's no more war on terror. I guess we did something. Yeah, we had mission accomplished, man. Mission accomplished, right? It's like we, we live in this like false world where it's like we, we just like the, the the TSA thing it's like, oh yeah, like after nine eleven like people had to put in these you know scanners and you had to get pat down, and there's this great comedian who has a joke, I forget who it is, but he's like, yeah, they'll take away any liquid that's more than three ounces, you know, in case it's a bomb, so they just put it in the garbage right next to them in case it's a bomb, you know, so it's like it's all this like illusion of safety, illusion of security, illusion of progress, illusion of Accomplishment. It's it's, uh, so it, it 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 calms down the energy of the conflict. It calms down that conflict energy, and we're able to like breathe a sigh of relief. Like, ah, oh, okay. Like, oh wow. Like, oh my God. There's a vaccine. Like, finally. Like this thing is gonna be over. Oh my God. There's a vaccine. Like, thank God. There's a vaccine. There's like there's a solution. There's like a a thing that we can like address as being like this is the solution. Finally, we can get back to normal life. Finally, we can travel. Oh my God, we can go to concerts. Oh, it's just like, things are going to be go back to the easily understandable, calm, uh, calm uh, comfortable, and familiar world that we once knew. Thank God, I want to get back to that because this big, scary, unknown world was too destabilizing for me and I couldn't make sense of it. So just give me something, whatever it is. Oh, that makes sense to me. Yeah, vaccine, science. Like, yeah, like all the experts and they say it's like, yeah, you get a vaccine. Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, I'm just take it and get it over with. I'm not gonna think about it. Like it's just get me back to normal. Get me back to the comfortable and familiar world that that I'm used to, even if it's a world of illusions. People would rather be existing in a comfortable, a comfortable World of fantasy and illusions, rather than addressing the difficult, nuanced, infinitely complex, and diverse, disparate topics that are contradictory and paradoxical. It's too much. It's too
1: much for me. So
0: the scapegoat, the it's it's an always a made-up, artificial thing. It's our own. It's 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 harder to look at our own issues, our own desires, our own wants, and say, where are these really coming from? Not so hard if you engage in deeply profound psychedelic work uh, on, a, on a serious level when, with the proper set and setting and integration to, to help you with it, but to really go in and, and really understand yourself, like, you know, where does your suffering come from? Like, desired outcomes. How many people have expectations about, like, how things should be or, like, how I want things to be. I'm going to manifest things the way that I want them to be. And everything is just a creation of our own manifestation. And like, yeah, there's like some truth to that, but that's not the whole thing. It's like, we constantly look for these, these things that will easily explain, explain how we should function in the world and what we can believe in. So, and then we just, Grab onto them and say, "Well, this is the way. To, yeah, I, I'm just I create my own reality and I just manifest whatever I want and everything's just going to be fine and you know just like all I have to do is just think positive thoughts, and nothing negative will ever happen." It's like okay, like you're missing a lot of nuance there. So, the article is fantastic. I'll link it in the descriptions. Charles wrote uh, an amazing series of articles. One of them is called "The Death of the Festival," where my main takeaway with with, with that is basically we have no more true anarchic festivals that are truly spontaneous and 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 anarchic in the in the sense of anarchy no uh rules regulations laws borders boundaries just spontaneous curious collaboration and uh and and uh letting go of societal norms and things like that we're, we, we, what we have is allowable, compartmentalized sections of, of reality that it's like, okay, you can go to this little music festival for three days and you can have a, a temporary, controlled, liberated experience, but then back into the dominant, general consensus, agenda-setting reality, the sacred timeline. Get will 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 allow you you know it would be like in that show Loki if they allowed variants to have a little playpen for their little to get out their little variant uh um you know desires and you know, it's like oh here here is the sanctioned and approved little sandbox that you can play in for now for a limited amount of time and there's still you know rules and and regulations and borders and boundaries in place you know there's ticket sales and there's people that'll check if you have, you know, substances and, you know, there's sort of like things that are, but what, what Eisenstein makes it so, and, 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 and that even happens with like our, our protests, protests are, aren't even this like spontaneous anarchical thing. It's like controlled and allowable. They're like, well, you're allowed to protest if it's peaceful. It's like, well, well, that defeats the whole fucking purpose. A protest should be like, we're not fucking going anywhere until we get what we want. And we're willing to do whatever it takes to do that. It's not this allowable playpen of approved expression. Oh, you you go over here and you're allowed to march, but you can't say F the police. You have to say we want justice or something, and that's we'll give you will allow you to express yourself and your dissent and your discontent in this allowable way. So there's no real true Spirited, liberated, anarchic, spontaneous uh, explosion of a of a festival of wild festivities. You know, Alan Watts talks about this in one of the greatest videos on YouTube. Why is our culture so sick? And he goes into talking about said like, you would think that a culture so abundant and 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 wise and intelligent as us would have grand feasts and banquets and people partying into all hours of the night and cheersing in the streets and orgies and this and that. But no, people come home and they go inside of a box and they stare at a box and they watch representations of that on a screen mediated by an artificial fake plastic tree representation. Here's your consolation prize. Here's your plastic plant. Here's your fake plastic. I always say fake plastic trees because that's in a Radiohead song. And it's like, you don't get to have the feeling that the Coca-Cola commercial is telling you that you're going to have by buying that product, but they want you to believe it. And the same thing is true with government and, and, and with government. The same thing is true. The government tells you, look look, we, we got a pretty good thing going on here. If everybody just kind of plays by the rules and comes together, we can have a pretty good thing going, you know? And it's like, well, aren't you guys just like fucking, you know, doing like some of the most corrupt, crazy shit in the world, but, oh, okay. I guess we'll listen to you on this one occasion. Yeah. Didn't you guys do like, didn't you guys like experiment with like uh poisonous, like bioterror weapons in Korea and then covered it up by, you know, with like an LSD program and um, in in uh in uh in the CIA and Operation Mockingbird and Paperclip and Northwoods and like all these things. No, no, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's all in the past. Don't worry about that. Oh, COINTELPRO. Yeah, yeah, that was it's not, that's something in the past. We we don't do that anymore. That's that's fine. Yeah, we, we've changed. We've I mean, it's like this thing is like a crazy monster behemoth that is so out of control and nobody can get a handle on it because it's
1: so crazy out of control. Um
0: so what we do is we engage in the scapegoat stuff. We engage in the artificial scapegoat sacrifices to make us feel better about our reality. And and the the death of the festival article that Charles writes about, it's, you know, we, not having that baked into a society, not having an allowable and laudable time period for no allowable and allotable uh, uh, expressions. Like having a time period is just like, hey, this is the time period where fucking anything goes. People might get hurt. Crazy shit might happen. Some stuff might get damaged. But you know what? If we have that sort of free total expression of hedonistic anarchy and and, and spontaneous desire, that then it it won't spill out into sort of ordinary... Life where you have to, you know, kind of like do things in a more ordinary way. That will have this kind of like, if you want to say, purge period, right? So it's like a purge, but for an extended period of time and in the in the in the flavor of a, a festive party, festival, a real, you know, banquet of celebration of life. And I think that's one of the things that we are deeply, deeply missing in our society, in our civilization these these days. Is this total, this total liberated experience where no one is going to get, no one can tell you what you can say, what you can do, how you can express yourself. No one's going to tell you to turn the music down. It's like, hey, fuck you. This is the festival, baby. Get with it. You know, it's festival time. And I mean, you probably want to be a little bit more respectful from that.
1: It's, 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 it's a severe
0: issue. And we live in a really, it's a really uh, interesting and a, a very interesting time because the, the models of propaganda and persuasion and indoctrination and conditioning and the, the pruning of variants to preserve the sacred timeline, it's masterful. The way it's done is so masterful that everything is glossed over with this glitter, with this shine, with this sheen, with this like, wow, isn't it like amazing? Look at all these like wonderful innovations and wonderful things and like, oh man, like technology and progress and billionaires shooting dick rockets into space. Wow, it's like amazing, right? Um, yeah, I guess, but like there's a lot of other things that are just so, it's like this Henry David Thoreau line, most people suffer from quiet desperation. There's this quiet like crud that is that is the core. It's this like rot at the core that keeps blipping out and infecting. But the 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 power elites, uh, the agenda setters of our, our society, are so good at being the the, the the janitors of it, like like knowing how to use it to the advantage. Never let a good crisis go to waste, right? As Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste. That is their their ethos. That is their that is their. What they live by—that's the the modus operandi of the establishment. Never, ever, ever let a crisis go to waste. Ever, because there's so much to be gained. There's so much to be spun. To be uh, take it to. There's so much to
1: take advantage of from that. Anyway, <laughs> I have been having
0: a really hard time. Like. Understanding and making sense of a way out of this. What do we do? Because there's one, you know, part where it's like, well, you can't really f- worry about all that stuff because then you lose agency over yourself and your life. And you know, you're, there's these big, complex things you're never going to change, so you might as well focus on, uh, you know, your own life. And there's there's truth to that, right? But I see what I see is a lot of people focusing on their own life, focusing on themselves, focusing on the individual, and then. Getting people who are like them to congregate and and commune together to create experiences, whether it's retreats or whether it's like, um, you know, different modalities of of people getting together, and then you get this sort of like trendy, cool, kind of like el- its own sort of elite, prestigious, exclusive class of people that wear you know that they wear big hats and you know cool clothes and jewelry and get together, and they say that we're like we're, we're liberating ourselves. We're exploring our consciousness. We're coming together. We're experiencing emotions in like raw way. And it's like, all that's true, but we've, but we've also left behind the, in any sort of like umbilical cord to the, the greater mother, the Gaia, the, the Gaian mind, the, the newest sphere of collective, uh, consciousness of, of all the beings, the ones that, that don't have access to that, that, that need it the most. How do we reach them? How do we get them involved? How do we get them to say, hey, we'd like to invite you here? So I don't know, maybe people have to find it on their own or, or what, but I, what I see a lot of like the going in, focusing on your own thing, like worrying about yourself, build a little lifeboat, build a little intentional community, that's all well and good, but it only attracts a certain kind of people. And then you tend to most, what I've noticed is, most people tend to insulate and isolate, and it becomes this exclusive, expensive thing only catered to a certain class of people um, so how do we make uh how do we invite all in into that, and how do we bake in things that are reciprocal and give back and pay it forward and invest in um you know so i don't know i'm 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 going to start thinking about that more and more because uh I, the way that i see things going is uh not so good it, it doesn't doesn't look good it doesn't look good i'm not interested in breaking off and creating my own little uh party over here while everything else burns you know i'm not interested in like playing violin on the titanic like that's not what i'm interested in doing it or whatever, like they, that would, that's not even a good metaphor. It would be like, it would be like, hey, the Titanic's going down. Well, all right, let's go get a bunch of people together and just have our own, like, little, like, party. It's like, no, how can we fucking help as many people as possible to, in this situation? And I, I don't think, like, it's, it's not a fun party if everybody at the party is suffering and in misery and there's like death and destruction and bombs and poison and toxin and fear and propaganda and indoctrination and, tragedy happening and then there's like little there's like a like three people that are having fun in the corner over there and then two people that are having fun in the corner over there and like one person you know fucking jerking off in the bathroom and you know everybody's just and they're just like well hey i'm having a good time i'm just worried about me and my life and my things and you know i can't control everything so it's like no that's not a fun party i want i want i want life to be a fun party i want us to, to to do better i believe that we can do better And uh, I have faith that we can do better. And I think that it it starts maybe with some inspirational fucking messaging like this. Like, it's like, look, neurodiversity and cognitive liberty are like the most important things. Sovereignty and autonomy, respect and compassion and curiosity, being uh, being a, a, a real, decent and engaged and present actual human being and unplugging from you know, the, the desires of the agenda setters and the manipulators and the programmers and the propagandizers from everywhere, whether they're an inf- Instagram influencer or they're a fucking, you know, some government official or whatever the fuck, start getting in touch with what you think, with what you feel, with you believe, go back and read, you know, amazing books that have stood the test of time that espouse great wisdom. Get with groups, go out and be together with people and engage in, in somatic embodied experiences of, of feeling what it truly feels like to be a, a fully live human being in a three-dimensional meat suit world. Go and have those experiences. Have wild sex and orgies and have uh, just make the most out of the, the sensory experience that you have and and, and figure out ways. That you can unleash your gifts and contribute the most to the world and how you can have an impact in, in helping uh your, yourself and by helping yourself then helping others that's the whole point is what I'm trying to say is like yes help yourself go within do those things but don't forget where you came from don't forget where you were and give back and look for ways to improve the greater lot of things and I don't know maybe not everybody's up for that but I, I think that you know we, we have to come we have to come to terms with the fact that we are being ruled over by psychopaths, sociopaths, narcissists um, in in every domain, everywhere we look. There's somebody that's trying to take advantage and expose vulnerabilities and weaknesses to their best advantages, so they can make more money, so they can have more fame, so they can profit more, so they can get more women, so they can get more men, so they can whatever it is, so they can enrich themselves more. By taking something from us all, and then at the highest level, the you know power elite model is pitting people against each other, divide and conquer, so that they can run away with all the money, so they can run away with all the power and the prestige, so they can be the quote unquote saviors of humanity for the greater good, so they can live in you know an Ozymandias type of uh, fantasy delusion of like a Ozymandias syndrome of like living on and having your name last throughout history, and these are the people. You know these these people are sick. They're hoarders. They're mentally ill. They're insane, and therefore we have a very insane society. Uh, and ha- you know, don't agree. Just say no. Say no to the things that violate your rights as an individual. Where people are going to try and tell you what you can. And what you cannot put in your body, what people are telling you that they know what's best for you and your body, and that you don't, and that people are telling you they know what's best for you and your mind. Cognitive liberty goes both ways. It means the right that nobody nobody has the right to tell you what you uh, what that no one has the right to tell you that you can't smoke a plant, that you can't ingest something that's going to alter. Your state of conscious, because the truth of the matter is that they don't, the, 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 the they that I'm referring to is the people that function on the incentive systems that preserve the sacred timeline, the status quo, the agenda setters. Their incentive system does not get rewarded when you start diverging from it, when you start thinking differently and questioning things. And we start to have a diversity, an infinite diversity of nuanced and complex and unique artistic and poetic ideas. That's when the established status quo, sacred timeline will dissolve because it will be obsolete because people will recognize, holy shit, there's so many other genres. There's so many other flavors. Why the fuck would I default to these fucking people? What? Because they wear suits and ties and occupy grand buildings and have this air of superiority while we deem them to be experts. Nobody is an expert. Nobody knows what they're doing. And we all have choice. So I would rather choose freedom and liberty and neurodiversity and cognitive liberty, sovereignty and autonomy, bodily autonomy, to say, you're not going to tell me that I can't smoke a plant, and you're also not going to tell me that I have to inject something into my body. That's just not the way that we're going to live. That's not the way that I'm going to live, and uh, that's the hill that I'm willing to die on because I believe it's the most important. Thanks for listening to this episode. I appreciate it very much. And more to come, more to come. Some great guests coming up soon. Going to have Ramin Nazar back on the show. Going to have James McRae, Words Are Vibrations on the show. And uh, really excited about that as well as some other people. I think Mitch Schultz will be coming up. Uh, Jessa Reed should be coming back, um, I think. And uh, well, I'll I'll just just tell her. I'll tell her she has to now because I put it on the podcast. Um, but yeah, check out this podcast on the time wheel podcast network that we're now a part of. Let me know what you guys think of the new logo, the new design. I'm really happy about it. Let me know what your thoughts and opinions are of this episode. If you have thoughts and opinions that are different than mine, I want to hear them. I'd love to engage in, uh, some healthy, uh, debate and dialectic discourse over what, wh- what do you think? So uh, one of the best ways to do that is become a Patreon member. Go to, uh, to uh, patreon.com slash mikebrank and become a Patreon member. There's bonus episodes, early release episodes, and the Inner Sanctum Discord server where we get to talk about things like this. Um, but shoot me an email, follow me on Instagram. All the links, everything that you need will be in the show description, show notes area. And what can I say? I, I love you all for allowing me the freedom and the time and the space to to express myself in a way that I don't know, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm getting a lot of things wrong. Maybe I'm off. Maybe you know a lot of the things I say aren't accurate or don't hold up in this certain context or situation. Let me know about it. Let's chat. Let's talk. I'm open um, and uh, would love to hear that from you. If there's anything that I want to encourage about these shows is to create an open and honest and respectful discourse uh, with myself and all of you that listen. So like I said, best way to do that, become a Patreon member and get into the Discord chat and that'll be really, really fun. Also, feel free to privately message me. Check out all the sponsors in the show notes, show description, Being True to You, which I mean, hey, can't be a better, there's not a better name than that, Being True to You. Be True to You, beingtrue.com. BeingTrueToYou.com, Sheath Underwear, Fungi Academy, and Ohana Kava Bar, and Mushroom Revival, and big shout out to Student Loan Tutor, of course, Danny Barnett, and Galaxia for the music. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys later.
1: Much love. Really appreciate you all. Peace.